Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball. Your host, Colby Olson. Clay is not here today, so I'm joined here by Matt Marasco, who is a buddy of Ben Bellotti, who was on last week. Um, Matt plays in some pretty serious dynasty leagues. Definitely um, a fantasy expert. So excited to talk to him today. Matt, how's it going, man? It's going well. I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. Today, we're going to break down as usual, like our usual Saturday, Sunday episode, kind of run through some guys that that we want to put on your radar as, you know, waiver wire additions, some guys that, you know, we're kind of watch listing and as always streaming options, right? What I want to start today, the top of this episode, though, is a crazy trade offer that I got last night in the wee hours of the night. I was offered in a 14 team redraft league. I was offered Alex Verdugo, who has been off to an incredible start, um, one of the highest averages in baseball. He looks like a completely different hitter. He looks like the hitter that you would trade Mookie Betts for this year. Yeah. yeah. But I was offered Alex Verdugo in exchange for Bryce Miller, who has made one MLB start. Was that start amazing? Yes. Was that start also against the Oakland A's? Yes. So to me, Matt, I want to ask you your opinion on this because to me, like, I don't want to trade away Bryce Miller, right? Because he's excelled in the minor leagues. Arm Layton has has his fastball graded out as an 80-grade fastball, which does not happen. You look at all the metrics on this fastball, it breaks everything metrically as a fastball in, in terms of rise and spin, and it's just crazy. And then he has this amazing slider to back that up, as well as an amazing changeup. So it's a complete mix. And his first yeah. start against the A's, dude, six innings, 10 Ks. But also, it's Alex Verdugo. So, like, why am I not going to trade... <laughs> a guy after one career start against the worst team in baseball and sell high on him for Alex Verdugo. It seems like the right thing to do, but I'm still very conflicted. So I want your opinion on this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember you mentioned that trade and I, it's one of those trades where you just kind of have to take a step back and really think about it. Like you said, Alex Verdugo is finally the hitter that we thought he would be right. He's back to his 2020 form and playing better than he did in 2020 right now, especially defensively that, adjustment that, that Alex Cora kind of challenged him to make that change in approach, you know, not to hunt home runs, to be a contact guy, go hit 300 and the home runs will come. That's played out. But Bryce Miller, he's got all the tools. And sometimes it's it's easy to get very excited by prospects, especially when they start to pan out like this. Um, I was watching Pitching Ninja the other day, you know, big breakdown on him. He loves Bryce Miller. If, if Pitching Ninja loves Bryce Miller, I love Bryce Miller. Um, it's one of those trades where you really just kind of have to look at your own team, right? Like I think about this from sort of my perspective in, in keeper leagues, I would have to lean Bryce Miller just because pitching is always hard to come by. And, you know, for a young guy on what would be a controllable keeper contract, um, that's almost impossible to pass up. That said, in a redraft league, you know, if you're pushing pushing your chips into the table right now, I I might lean Alex Verdugo. I don't know. I mean, because you just, you just don't know if, if Miller's going to have some hiccups at some point. Um it's it's tough because I think Verdugo, he, the way he's playing right now, that's here to stay. That's not going to change. Now, the other thing I will say is I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, oh, and, God, I am too. We're just both yeah, Red Sox fans here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So as Red Sox fans, right, we think about Verdugo and we think about the walk-offs. 
And it's kind of tough to separate sort of that clutch gene from his fantasy value. No, I'm not saying that he doesn't have any fantasy value because he does. He's been great. Um, I Yeah, I, that's a tough one. I mean, it would come down to roster construction. Do you have pitching? Do you need a bat? Um, so that's the next thing I wanted to talk about because it yeah. really is de- team dependent. And it's a great point is that my team in this in this league, outfield is my least concern, right? I have Julio Rodriguez, I have Mike Trout, Teoscar Hernandez, and Brandon Nimmo in the outfield. Now, if Alex Verdugo played third base, I think I would take this trade immediately. I've Gunnar Henderson over there who just has not been getting it done. Um, but I don't really need another outfielder, right? I have guys in my lineup, and then you look at my pitching, and like I definitely could use somebody at pitcher so i don't think i'm going to take it i think talking through this helped me out but i think you you like just talking through this i'm gonna hold on to bryce for now um but it's crazy that somebody offered me alex verdugo for bryce like that is a, that's a really strong offer it's almost to the point where i have to take it but i, I don't think i am yeah I, I think it's a good call to hold on to miller there I, I, yeah pitching's hard to come by when you're able to find a guy who has all all the intent has all the stuff in the world you trust that somebody with with that good of stuff is going to be able to figure it out at the major league level and be able to help your team down the down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to get to now um, get into some of these waiver wire additions, guys that I'm potentially dropping as well. I want to start with Von Grisham. We haven't really talked about Von Grisham on this show since maybe like when we were talking about drafting. I was a guy that I was a fan of Von Grisham, but at the value, I was not sold that he would deliver on a top 200 pick. And he hasn't thus far. And then, and I'm reaching the point where I do own him in one league, and I think I'm leaning towards dropping him right now. So, so far this season, 258, 299 on base percentage, and just a 274 slug. What's really strange, too, about Von Grisham, there's no power. He has a 60% ground ball rate thus far. Looks overmatched so far this season, not walking, just a 3% walk rate. But you would expect that Von Grisham would at least... Um, put some fan or some some stolen base value there, right? Five steals in yeah. 41 games last year. He has not stolen one base this year in 18 games in a stolen base climate where you can practically steal automatically. A guy with Von Grisham's speech should be able to steal automatically. It's the same thing that I brought up about Ezekiel Tovar last episode. Like, where are the steals from some of these guys that are historically good stealers and they're just not getting the steals this year. So I would say Von Grisham is, is on the top of my drop list right now. Yeah. I mean, Von Grisham's one of those cases. Again, it, it depends on the league that you're playing in, right? I think that he's a guy that will come around and I think that he's too good to not eventually be an everyday major league player. That said, if you're in a league right now where you're trying to win, I agree. I mean, the numbers just haven't been there. It's a large enough sample size at this point where you have to start to be concerned that it, it, you know, might get optioned down that he, yes, he, you know, and, and you don't want to get stuck with that, that, um, that, that dead spot on your roster. So yeah, I, I think it might start to be time to, to move on from him. If you're in a redraft league, or if you want to push all your chips into the middle of the table right now and try to go win a league this year, maybe see if you can flip him for somebody. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of him producing this year, again, not saying that he can't, but I would start to start to consider him for for drop for a drop list, especially if you have somebody else that either a need that you need to fill or somebody else that you want to pick up. I mean, we don't we we always talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, defense does not matter for fantasy. I think this is the rare time where fan or where defensive value absolutely matters for fantasy because 
He right now has negative six DRS, negative three outs above average at shortstop this season. Orlando Arcia is close to coming back. And you would think as soon as Arcia is back, that they're going to send Grisham back down to AAA because he does look like he needs more seasoning, especially on defense. But if he's not delivering at the plate, What's the point of having him in the lineup every day if he's going to be so bad on defense? So one guy that I think you should pick up if you're playing Vaughn Grisham right now at uh, second base, I think picking up Miguel Vargas is a no-brainer right now. He's exploded in the last 10 games. He has eight extra base hits, two stolen bases, and he's slashing 286, 359 with a 677 uh, 657 slugging percentage over the last 10 games, hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball in the air. What we expected from Miguel Vargas to begin with, he didn't show that power early in the season and he's still walking. So I really trust this profile from Miguel Vargas and he's here to stay. So if you're playing Vaughn Grisham at second base, consider Miguel Vargas over Grisham right now. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. If you if if Miguel Vargas is available in your league right now, go get him. Even if you're, even if you have to drop somebody that's not Vaughn Grisham, just go get him, get him on your roster. This is a guy that that is going to produce at a high level, and I think you know, kind of the balance, like you said, of the the on base with the walks being up, and and now the power starting to come around. It's a, a good balance, and yeah, that's a profile that definitely plays. You know, you don't have to worry about the strikeouts as much either. So it's it's a really really good profile and a, a player that I think, like I said, if if you can get him right now, a hundred percent go get him. Absolutely. So. I have one more. I have one more guy I want to talk about um, on my list of guys to pick up the sweep, Matt. And then we can get into to some of your guys and then talk about starting pitcher streamers. Um, the last guy I want to bring up might already be gone in your league. Matt Mervis got the call up um, a few days ago. He's already owned in 44% of leagues, which is crazy quick how fast he jumped up. Um, Matt Mervis is an absolute freak show, Matt. In his last yeah. 162 baseball games since 2022, since the start of 2022, he's played 162 games. He has 42 home runs and 146 RBIs in those 162 games. So now he's in the big leagues, and I have no doubt that he is going to continue to mash in the big leagues because this is a guy that controls his strikeouts, is not afraid to take a walk, but is also very aggressive. He hunts his pitch, and he is a confident, confident hitter in the box. So I have no doubt he's going to go to to Wrigley and continue to mash. So if he is still available in your league, I would say go grab Matt Mervis and see where it takes you because he has – all the tools to be a fantasy stud, like a Vinny Pasquantino fantasy stud. I would put them like they're, they're very similar for me. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and like you said, he he's owned in a fair bit of leagues right now. If he's not owning your league, go get him right now, because that is the kind of waiver wire acquisition that can win you a fantasy league. A hundred percent. You know, they say that you can lose it. You can lose a league in a draft, but you win it on the waiver wire. And I agree with that. And this is the kind of move that if you can get him, especially again, off waivers. If you have keepers or a dynasty league, now that's value for years to come. And you're, I mean, he, his numbers are otherworldly and there's no reason to think that he won't absolutely mash at Wrigley field. No, no. And I think he's the rare case where I don't think he's going to need much time at the big league level to really make an impact. Like some of these guys take 50, a hundred, 200 plate appearances to really get rolling. Like Mervis, I think is the, is the case where he's ready right now. I do have one guy to bring up if you miss out on Mervis. If you're in like a 10, 12-team league, you missed out on Mervis, but you're still a little thin at first base, I would recommend, you don't have to run and pick him up now because then maybe 
somebody won't run and pick him up and beat you to it. But Tristan Casas has been terrible thus far. Um, not terrible in the sense that he hasn't been making contact with the ball. Has not been. He's been walking a ton. He has a 16.4% walk rate on the year, um, but the power hasn't shown through. He's hitting just 156 so far, but things are changing for Tristan Casas as the season goes on. So over his last 15 games, he has a 53% hard hit rate, an 11.8% barrel rate, but no results to show for it over those 15 games, right? A 184 average, a 359 on base percentage that was really nice, but just a 265 slugging percentage. You would not expect a 265 slugging percentage from a guy that has a 53% hard hit rate and 11.8 barrel rate. He's hitting the ball in the air, hitting the ball hard, and over the last five games, I'm sure you've you've been watching the Sox, Matt. Yeah, he's had two center field warning track balls that would have been home runs in more than 20 ballparks. Like that is just when when you're cold and you're just mashing barrels yeah. that are getting caught at the warning track that would be home runs at 20 plus parks. I mean, that's got to be so frustrating. But it's actually a perfect buy low spot for fantasy owners. I think here, like hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball in the air, not striking out. He's walking. Things are going to start happening for Tristan Casas here very, very soon. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on Casas. Um, unfortunately, in a lot of my leagues, I'm playing with a bunch of other Red Sox fans, so he's been on everybody's radar for a while. But that said, if you can get him, definitely go get him. I mean, he his profile, I love his plate discipline, and it started to hurt him a little bit at the beginning of the year. His strikeouts were kind of up because he was taking a lot of pitches. He's made an adjustment. Strikeouts are starting to come down now, and he profiles like a leadoff hitter, but a leadoff hitter with incredible pop. You know, he gets on base. He's he's a guy that, like we've said about a lot of these guys so far this episode, he's not afraid to take a walk. His plate discipline is probably his greatest asset offensively. He doesn't chase outside the zone. And like you said, he is starting to hit the ball hard now. He's made that adjustment at the major league level. I mean, he's a guy that people were thinking about for rookie of the year. And I still don't think that's necessarily out of the question. He's the kind of guy that can get hot. Some of those those hard hit balls are going to start to drop. Um, his his Babbitt block is going to start to progress towards the mean now, and a lot of those balls that you know are going to be home runs at other parks are going to start to find their way out as it gets warmer at Fenway. Those balls are going to start to carry a little bit more. I love Tristan Costas both as a Red Sox fan and as a fantasy owner, and I think he's 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 really can't miss. I think that he's a guy that I'm not worried about either. Slow start. I think that he's confident enough in himself where that slow start, you know, you saw it with a guy like Jaron Duran, gets off to a slow start, gets in his head, he has to go back down, and, you know, he's playing much better this year. But with Casas, I'm not worried about that slow start. I think that he's the guy that can can kind of stay within himself, trust his own process, and that it will eventually lead to, to some major, major numbers this season and for seasons to come. Totally. It, I mean, it's it's going to – we're going to get to the end of the season. We're going to go, oh, yeah, remember when Tristan Casas wasn't hitting in April? Like, that didn't yeah. matter at all. He exactly. matched the rest of the way and his April brought down his overall numbers at the end of the year. But when you go to the end of the year and you go, Oh, from May on, he did this. Yeah. That's what's going to happen here. Um, so yeah, let's get into some of your guys. I know that you, um, you want to talk about Connor Joe is Connor Joe back right now. He has, he's hitting 284 home runs, a 151 WRC plus. This looks like Connor Joe of 2021, where he was like a serviceable fantasy option. I am so excited about Connor Joe. You have no idea. I actually just made a big trade in one of my leagues, on uh, one of my keeper leagues, and had some open roster spots, and I was able to grab Connor Joe. And I have his his uh, baseball savant page up right now. It is all red. 85th percentile hard hit percentage, 66th percentile average exit velocity, 
72% ex-woba, 76% barrel rate. I mean, he he doesn't chase, 100% chase. He's as good as it gets in terms of staying within the strike zone. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He walks a lot, 66% walk rate. And the other thing that I really, really like about Connor Joe is he has positional versatility. And that's something that I really look for. Uh, the way I construct my rosters, basically, I'm very, very pitcher heavy. I love pitching. So I want guys that can play multiple positions so that when, you know, on a Thursday, right, I'm still able to fill out as much of my lineup as I can, despite all of the off days. So his multiple positional um, ability and these underlying numbers show that he's going to have a phenomenal, phenomenal season. I could not be higher on Connor Joe. And as you'll see with one of my uh, starting pitcher streamers, I, I like the Pirates right now. And I think that you can get good value on the Pirates because, frankly, they're the Pirates. And a lot of people don't know about them. So, guys, that if they were on another team, on a major market team, might already be rostered. If you can go find these guys on these uh, smaller market teams, there, there's a lot of value there. Connor Joe is the perfect streaming option as a hitter. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a rare thing. Um, but right now, he's seeing the ball well. As you mentioned, the uh, out-of-zone swing percentage is the lowest of his career right now. He's seeing the ball well. He's hitting the ball very, very hard. A 47.7% hard hit rate is by far the highest of his career, a 12.3% barrel rate to go with that. And what that's done is last year we were kind of going through a dead ball situation last year, I think. And this year I think the ball is a bit more lively. And it makes sense because you look at at, at home run per fly ball rate, which kind of explains – you know, is he getting lucky with home runs? Is he getting unlucky with home runs? I think he's like getting a little lucky, but not really. Like back in 2021, he had a 14.8 home run per fly ball rate. Last year, that dropped to 6.9%, which is just crazy low. This year, 19%. So finally, we're seeing those fly balls that are hit hard, finally going for home runs. He's out of Coors Field. He's in Pittsburgh now. I agree that that Pittsburgh lineup is actually pretty fantasy relevant right now. And he's also sprinkled in two stolen bases in 28 games. So I think, yeah, ride the hot, like ride the wave with Connor Joe. If he slows down, you can always drop him. But ride the wave while he's hot, while he's seeing the ball well. I think it's very interesting right now uh, for him. So you have a couple more guys to talk about here. Um, let's talk about Shea Langliers. Catcher, yeah, Oakland so A's, former top prospect, a lot of juice. What's the reason to to pick him up as a potential catcher streamer right now? So I like him for a few reasons. One, I mean, he's producing right now. So depending on how your scoring works, he's already at about 100 points. So that that's significant, right? Sprint speed, 85th percentile from the catcher position is phenomenal. 64% barrel percentage. That's the pop right there. And again, he's a guy that you can pick up. A lot of times, you know, the catcher position can be kind of shallow. And he's a guy that there's a lot of value there. You can get him for a dollar, you know, it, it depending on how your your waiver wires work. But usually, you know, a waiver claims a dollar. And 56% slugging percentage. Um, but I, I just love the barrel percentage and the sprint speed. I mean, that combination of pop and speed, I think, is huge. And it has fantasy value because, you know, he can beat out that infield single. He can steal a base for you. But at the same time, he can leave the yard. And in Oakland, he's going to get plenty of run. You're not worried about him, you know, having somebody else kind of on his tail, chasing him out of the big league. There's not a lot of pressure on him to save his job right now. Just because the A's are, you know, the A's are the A's, right? There's just not a lot of guys out there. So he's going to get everyday at-bats. And I think that a lot of his numbers are going to improve 
as the season goes on, um, just because of some of these these underlying metrics. Um, max exit velo in the 81st percentile shows, again, he can hit the ball hard. And guys that can run fast and hit the ball hard, as simplistic as that sounds, guys that can do that have a lot of fantasy value. Um, you know, six home runs already on the year. Yeah, the average is down. I think that average is going to come up. But for a guy, six home runs, 716 OPS. But again, these are guys that are, you know, waiver wire claims. There's some value there. You want to hear something crazy? This is, yeah. I, Shea Langoliers has a negative 37 WRC plus against lefties this year. This is a masher righty catcher. And he's not hitting lefties at all right now. He has a 147 WRC plus against righties this year, and he can't hit a lefty. What is yeah. up with that? It's one of those things that, yeah, it's weird. It's weird when you look at that. And I'm glad you brought that. I up have no, I, I have no that. answer for you. I'm sure you don't either. That is uh, the no. most bizarre thing ever. Because if he could hit a lefty, he would be he would have be having a ridiculous year this year. He already is having a great year. He's basically a Mike Zanino light. Like, that's what I would say. You know, a ton of pop. Not going to bring you much in the average department. But, dude, learn how to hit a lefty. And then I would really be interested. And here's the thing. And that ties back into he plays for the Oakland A's, right? He's going to get a chance to hit lefties. And he's going to figure that out. So this is a guy, again, grab him right now. He's going to get consistent at-bats. I'm not worried about him learning how to hit lefties. I think he will. Um, again, relatively good chase, right? Relatively good chase rate, right around just, just under 50%. Um, so it's not like he's swinging too, too much out of the zone. And like you said, a ton of pop, but to go with that pop, I'm looking right now at his spray chart, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven infield singles. And again, I think there's value there, right? If the, as a catcher to have seven infield singles already, that average is going to start to come up. So I, I think that he's going to learn how to hit lefties. That average is going to come up. And we know he can mash. I think that there's a ton of value there. And again, if he cools down, if that average, you know, dips below, dips below 200, drop him. And, you know, it was an experiment. You tried it. Didn't work out. But he's a guy that I'm very, very high on right now. Based on his performance so far this year, the pop and that speed, I think the average is going to come up. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued. I just want to check back in a month and see if he's hitting lefties like because that is ridiculous. If he could hit lefties at a league average rate, he would have like a 125 WRC plus right now. Insane. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to your next guy. Not, I want to tee you up nicely here, but I'm a little surprised that you're bringing this guy up. So Lane Thomas, he did have 17 home runs last year, eight stolen bases. Um, This year, two home runs, three stolen bases is hitting 270. But the underlying numbers aren't, all that exciting. So I'm just, I'm just curious. What's the the Lane Thomas pitch for a deep league owner that's trying to stream somebody right now in the outfield? So that's exactly right. This is for the deep league owner trying to stream somebody in the outfield. This is not. You're in a ten a twelve team league. You could probably find a better option than Lane Thomas. Here's why I like Lane Thomas. Phenomenal spray chart. Sprays the ball all over the field, just like with Langoliers. A ton of field singles, and you know, phenomenal, phenomenal speed. Very, very fast. He's going to steal you bases. And I think that average is going to come up. Um, he's got some pop as well with a couple home runs. I, I Again, coming from a deep league, having a guy like this, he's at about 100 points, again, depending on your scoring. So I like the production that he's already had. Sprays the ball all over the field. All of his home runs, uh, both of his home runs are 
to pretty much straightaway center field, which again, I like guys, especially without the shift that have power up the middle. I think that that's going to be huge this year. Um, and again, a lot of his, his doubles and singles, his spray chart sprays the ball all over, but you can definitely see a focus sort of on the middle of the field, which I'm, I like a lot, um, is, you know, you're going to have less guys just standing right behind second base. And I like the sprint speed. We talked about the stolen base climate earlier too. That sprint speed is going to get you points on a night in night out basis. If he gets on base, he's probably going to be running. And with the nationals consistent at bats, consistent at bats, consistent at bats. That is the number one thing that I look for. Again, as somebody who constructs my roster around pitching and I let the offense kind of fill in, I don't want to have guys that are going to platoon that aren't going to be mm. getting a ton of at-bats. So that's why with the Washington Nationals, they want to see what they have with this guy. He's going to get a ton of run. Um, and he's he's driven in some runs too, 14 RBIs. You know, just looking at his, his stat line right now, 272 home runs, 14 RBI, three steals. That's a guy that, you know, I think is worth taking a flyer on right now. Again, as a streamer, I'm not saying you have to keep this guy. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that he's a cornerstone of the future, but I have pretty high expectations of this guy. I'm part of it too. You know, I was listening to uh, uh, Trevor Plouffe was talking about uh, Thomas before the season started and is a guy that he thinks could could have a bit of a breakout year. And I think that he's on his way to that. I think he's going to cut down on the chase a little bit, but I, I like a lot of some of the, the intangibles, I guess, I, I guess, not even intangibles, just the raw talent, you know? Yeah. Um, just, and just the eye test, too. I hate to say the eye test on a fantasy Oh, no. Don't don't say that. that. That word's banned on here, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I hate to say it, but he, he, he looks good when you watch him play. So he's a guy, yeah. again, if you need to pick up an outfielder, you have somebody hurt right now in a deeper league. He's already put up 100 points. Go take a flyer on him and, and, and see what you can do there. Again, not somebody you have to keep, but somebody that it, it's worth taking a flyer on. Before we before we talk about uh, starting pitcher streamers, I do want to bring up another outfielder that is basically Joey Gallo light. Luke Rayleigh on the Tampa Bay yeah. Rays has been getting consistent at bats against righties. He doesn't. He's a lefty that does not hit lefties, um, but that gives you plenty of value still in twenty three games. Um, twenty three games, he has seven home runs, a three sixty two ISO, a hard hit rate oh. 54.8% hard hit rate and a 26.2% barrel rate. Like ridiculous numbers against righties. A 114 max exit velocity. This guy is a power machine and has kind of come out of nowhere because he's for the first time getting consistent at bats as a 28 year old. So very much post hype here, but really could be some, some value for deeper leagues. He's owned in just like 3% of leagues. So Got to, to watch. Um, let's quickly go over starting pitcher streamers for next week. Just a couple guys that you're targeting for next week. I have a couple guys, and then we're out of here. So give yeah. me your quick pitch on your first guy. Yeah, quick pitch, Bailey Ober. And Bailey Ober, I love Bailey Ober. I think he's owning about 13% of leagues right now. I picked him up last week, and he just came right out and, and rolled out a 30-point start for me. Looking at his, his, base, his uh, baseball savant page, it's a sea of red. Uh, chase rate, 83%, hard hit rate, 93%, um, exit velocity, 72%, barrel percentage, 78%, fastball, sin fastball spin, 66%. He's a menace. I don't know what they have going on with the pitching staff out in Minnesota, but it's working right now. As somebody who, who took the, uh, the twins to win that division preseason, um, I love Bailey Ober coming up and he's a guy that you can get. He's above league average on all of his pitches right now. I'm looking at his baseball savant. Above league average fastball, slider, 
changeup, and curve. I like the four pitch mix. He's just a guy that I'm super, super high on right now. And is he going to re regress to the mean? Absolutely. But grab him now. He's somebody that you can sell high. You know, if you want to pick him up now, you can either keep him sell high yeah, or in I mean, league. There's a ton of value for for next year too. I think Ober is a is a perfect guy to pick up right now. Thirty six percent owned in Yahoo leagues and. For his career has always been a low whip guy. He does not walk a lot of batters. Um, yeah, is he getting a little lucky right now? Sure, but enjoy it. Enjoy it. Like, yeah. Sometimes those things last more than a month. So, um, he strikes out plenty of guys. Does not walk guys. He can definitely sustain at least something like this. He's not going to sustain a point nine eight ERA. That's for sure. But agreed, this is a good one. Um, I want to bring up Louis Varland who got yeah. the White Sox last time out, struggled a little bit. I watched most of this game, um, was just getting, was just a little cute, I think, in this game. He only walked two guys, but was getting behind in counts a lot of the time, uh, gave up seven hits, walked two, a home run in the first inning, still struck out six, and in his first start against the Yankees, went six innings, three year and did give up three home runs, but struck out eight. So now he gets the Padres next time out. Um, and I actually trust him against this Padres offense that has been pretty cold. And it seems like Louis Varland is right on the cusp of having a really, really good start. So he's owning just 6% of leagues. I think he's a fine streamer option in a week that doesn't have many good streaming options. Um, I think he's a really solid one at that. And I'll just give you my last one real quick. Brian Hoeing on the Marlins um, is getting the Reds on Friday, and I will be targeting that with the Reds on the road. Uh, Hoeing is pitching today against the Cubs, so I'm very interested to see how he pitches today. Um, he's He pitched well in the minors this season in three starts in the minors, struck out more than 10 per nine, walked just one per nine, had a 2.08 ERA, struggled a little bit. Um in his first start, but in the last start against the Cubs, he went five innings, two earned, four strikeouts, just walked one batter. Does not walk, does not walk anybody, which is the big pitch here. Gets the Reds on the road. That's all that I need. But I'm very excited to see him go against the Cubs again today. Yeah, and the Marlins just turn out pitchers. I mean, you can't go wrong with a young Marlins pitcher. Uh, I, I like that pick a lot, actually. It'll be interesting to see how he throws against the Cubs, who have a sneaky good offense. So if you know if he can handle business there, I definitely think that there's a ton of value there against a Reds lineup that is not nearly as, as powerful as Chicago's. Absolutely. And you got um, one more streamer? Yeah, I got I got one more. Rowanzi Contreras. He's a guy I had him last year. I wasn't able to keep him just because of the nature of how many keepers I was able to have in my league. Um, above average fastball, a phenomenal, phenomenal curveball. He needs to start to throw it more because it's well above league average. And uh, fastball spin, 76%. Extension, 73%. Curveball spin, 72%. Hard hit rate, uh, 61%. Barrel rate, 66%. He's a guy that is very, very good. Ton of upside. And again, on this uh, Pirates team, you know, probably not on a roster right now. I just checked on ESPN. He's owning about 15% of leagues. And he's only 23. So if, you have, if you're going to keep your league, get him now a ton of value for years to come. I My only struggle with Roenzi Contreras is I was so excited about him when he was traded to the Pirates, right? It last year in AAA was striking out 12 per nine. Yeah, he was walking a lot of batters, but the strikeouts were there. The whiffs were there. And now at the big league level, he struggled to get whiffs outside the zone. Like his out of zone swing percentage has fallen every single year. And that is the most concerning thing to me. Like if you're a guy that's walking a lot of guys and you have this nasty slider, but you're not getting swings out of the zone, that's very concerning. Um, 
So I might differ from you on this one. I, I think I got to wait and see a little bit on Roanzi because I just I just haven't seen him get those whiffs. And for a guy like him, like he's going to need that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the whiffs will come, though. Again, his stuff is just so electric, and he's 23 years old. He's a guy that I trust to figure it out. And again, I know that that's kind of been a theme for me this 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 episode. It's just guys that I trust to figure it out, that they have the raw talent to figure it out. 23 years old. Again, I'm a pitching first guy. A lot of my leagues, there's not a ton of pitching available. Um, he's actually not available in my league right now, unfortunately, or either of my leagues, unfortunately. But he's a guy that I think with that spin rate on the fastball and the curveball, good extension, good velo, and that curveball well above average. I think if he starts to increase that usage a little bit, I think you'll start to see the swing and miss come back. He's got to work on the walks. But again, you know, you trust guys like this that are so young, so talented. And on a team where, again, they've played well, but he's not in danger of losing his spot in the rotation Yeah. Um. Yeah. To, to figure it out. And he's going to go out there and, and he'll he's a solid sort of back end starter, a guy that if you have a favorable matchup, you can go grab him and uh, and see what he can do for you. You know, if I <clears throat> instead of picking up him, I who I would be targeting right now. And I feel like I always bring up Red Sox players because I watch a lot of Red Sox, but like they have this team that's full of upside people james paxton is making his return right now and he should debut i would think this next week right he's made a few rehab starts and in his last rehab start went five innings struck out eight guys um the stuff is there like that's a guy that i would be willing to take a flyer on that you know has put up some really really good seasons in the past and if he's right he hasn't pitched since 2019 so he's got a fresh arm. <laughs> I'm taking a flyer on James Paxton right now. Like that, that's a guy that I would be willing to in deeper leagues. And like if you're in a 12 team league and you need some pitching, I don't I don't see any reason why not taking a taking a flyer on James Paxton. Yeah, if Paxton's available, go get him. And again, not necessarily somebody you want to construct your roster around because who knows how long he'll be able to stay healthy. But again, a guy who's got electric stuff. And yeah, on a Red Sox team where a lot's going right right now. And a team that's going to give him a ton of run support and a bullpen that's looked good with another guy that I think might be worth picking up in Josh Winkowski, um, you know, just because he's going to go in there and eat innings, you know, maybe get Join a save the one bit. save club. He got a save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a part of the one save club now. Um, you know, yeah. Red Sox pitchers are very, very interesting right now because it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I like Paxton a lot, though. I think that's that's a really, really good uh, potential waiver claim. Absolutely. So that'll do it. Just fantasy baseball, Matt. I can't thank you enough for, for joining the show with me today, giving some, some fun insight. Um, definitely going to have you back on here soon. Um, so yeah, we'll catch you all next week. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk to you next time. Adios. Adios.